We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. Special guest sitting in this week is Andy. Andy is in route. He's in route back to the Bay Area because the Warriors World Tournament is tomorrow and he needs to captain Team Light Years as we take on Kirk Lakeup and the Warriors uh, and try to get a try to get a win for once. By the way, that's a different conversation. Um, sitting in for Andy, special guest, host of the Candlestick Chronicles, uh, Chris Biederman. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on. Ah, uh, yes. And as I predicted, I was texting you. I'm like, let's let's wait a little bit later in the day, Friday. I have a feeling there will be some sort of uh, news dump pertaining to the Warriors. I was correct. Mm-hmm. Got a little information here. But before we get to that, I kind of want to talk about your event real quick. So yeah, why don't you, why don't you give me the pitch? Because I'm going to try to make it there Saturday night, and I want to encourage all our listeners if you're in the North Bay or relatively close to San, Santa Rosa do the same. Yeah. So we're doing a, uh, a candlestick Chronicles live event at Cooperage. It's the third year in a row. It's going to be Saturday um, at 7 PM. The live event's going to start. We have Rod Brooks. Uh, he does 49ers pre and post. And um, yeah, we're just going to, you know, shoot the shit on stage. Uh, basically do a live version of the podcast. We've, we've dabbled with the idea of like actually recording it and putting on the feed. But we've decided since our good friends at Cooperage just keep shoving beers in our face the entire time that it's probably best if it's off the off <laughs> the uh, the feed. And, and it allows us to get a little bit more spicy, I guess, with our takes than we would normally. But um, no, it's Kyle Madsen and myself. Rod Brooks will be there. And it's a it's a good time. If, if you're familiar with the Sonoma County beer scene and you're not familiar with Cooperage, you're, you're just doing it wrong, frankly. Um, and you have the, the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA on screen here. It's an excellent beer. Um, you're you're going to be the envy of your friends at your tailgate if you ever bring it. And um, nobody nobody loves hazy IPAs more than me. They know <laughs> yeah, this, this is not a this is not a fake endorsement. Absolutely, I might have to go get a flannel shirt just to uh, <laughs> just, just so, so I can rock it tomorrow night. But yeah, it's fun. We keep it uh, keep it light, keep it casual, and um, and it's a good time had by all usually. My only my only piece of advice to you is just because you think it isn't recorded doesn't mean. Someone isn't going to catch that grainy take. <laughs> the cell on phones, the, phone. the cell phones won't be out. Yeah, that's fair. 
Oh, it's it happened to Andy and I with a live show. People use this clip every now and then on social to like claim we didn't want uh, certain draft picks. It's it's always funny <laughs> when that stuff happens. I'm like, you weren't there. You don't know the tone of what was going on. But sure, you know, say we're the worst. Happy yeah, there's uh, <laughs> the, there's I don't know if it exists anymore. I used to blog at KMBR mm-hmm. and the I, I worked there the summer that Steph Curry was drafted. What was it? What was a tall, not tall, but it was a forward, like a rebounder from Arizona. Jordan Hill, Jordan Hill. I made the case that like, man, they really could use Jordan Hill after drafting Steph. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that's that's white from the Internet, even though I'm bringing it back up. <laughs> Dude, there's so many. I remember the one that always sticks in my mind was not the Steph pick itself, um, but it must have been two weeks into the season when Brandon Jennings went for 55 against the Warriors. And he he went three <laughs> picks after Steph. He went number 10. And the, he'd been rumored to be a guy that the Warriors really liked throughout the pre-draft process. Uh, he was kind of campaigning to get picked by the Warriors. Like, oh, I'm from California. I want this to be great. Blah, blah, blah. You know? Anyway, uh, he, you know, he goes for 55. And just all I see on the internet is, Warriors made another mistake. They could have had the next big star, but they took Steph Curry instead. Uh, you know, just a reminder, don't don't litigate drafts on draft night or after I, the first 10 games. I covered the uh the my first NBA work I ever did was KMBR that summer covering Steph at Summer League. And the big question is like, can Steph play point guard? Can you know can he distribute? It's like, man, it's wild to think about how far things have come since then. Because now I was I was <laughs> he, he might be the best point guard of all time. It's he's one of two. And yeah. and you know which way I'm siding on that debate. So yeah, it's funny. Like the summer league thing always sticks to my mind too, because Steph was not particularly good in summer league. Uh, he just couldn't hit anything. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like a player who is going to go down as top ten all time. I'll put it that way. Uh, Brandon Brandon Morrow had a fifty piece that summer league and um, God what's his name Anthony uh, Morrow yeah Anthony Morrow oh Anthony and, uh, Randolph too Anthony, Anthony Randolph, Randolph also con- had a fifty piece yeah I was convinced he was like I was convinced he was going to be the next like Kevin Garnett based off of that stuff because you know <laughs> same lanky physical profile like yeah. and you don't see guys that tall move that fluidly and he just looked like he could be that type of player obviously yeah like Lamar Odom almost yeah exactly <laughs> it's funny it's and I hate bringing up the Steph Summer League stuff because, like, you know, Pajemski had a subpar Summer League. I think mm-hmm. it was pretty disappointing, uh, particularly when he just was in his own head because he couldn't hit any shots there. And I, I hated making the case to, like, go, well, you know, Steph played poorly in Summer League because, like, okay, well, now I'm just, <laughs> you know, comparing him to a player that he will never be as good as either. Right. So it's just all – it's all bad. You got you to love Summer League takes, though. I was – uh. I was in the building for that Wembenyama game. Mm-hmm. That was that the was the good one like, or the bad one? The bad one. The first the one was the, the first one was the bad one. Okay. It, it was like electric anticipation and just uneasiness the entire way through. Well, even like Trey Young was awful in his summer league. True. Right. Yeah. And ended up, you know, becoming what a lot of people thought expected him to be. Yeah, summer league's weird. It's almost like spring training in baseball where it's sure. like you can you can see the physical tools, but like mm-hmm. a guy might hit 150 for two weeks. And right. it's like it doesn't diminish what his physical tools are, what eventually he could be. It's just like it's just not working right now. And, you know, I, I'm with you like sweeping judgments on summer league can be 
can be and it's like a small sample they're coming in they do two practices and they go scrimmage yeah anyway and it might help Uh, to have like steph curry on the floor you know like gravity all of those things sure maybe maybe that helps get put put jemski more open shots just uh just maybe um okay let's get to let's get to today's breaking news gonna pull up the first one from the athletics shams charania by the way this video clip kills me just breaking news and then you know you, you listen to it i'm sean serrania with breaking news powered by at&t 5g the warriors are not expected to sign dwight howard or another veteran center ahead of training camp sources tell me howard had a two-day visit with the warriors this week that included meetings and workouts but the warriors are expected now to maintain flexibility to sign a potential big man later in camp or into the regular season So expect Howard to discuss a potential return to the league with any other interested team in the coming week or so. So dramatic. Yeah. I have (laughs) a question just about Dwight Howard in general. If he didn't have interest last year, why why would he have more interest a year later? I mean, he played really well in Taiwan. Okay. I don't know. I don't know else how to put it. You know. At this point of the season, teams are always looking for that final veteran piece. The Warriors, for example, have 13 players under contract. They obviously need uh, at least 14. I don't think they're going to carry a 15th man. They've shown that they like to use the two-way. They'd rather have three two-ways than a 15th man, sure. uh, considering how high up in the tax they are. You can get mad about it, but ultimately I'd rather um, them be high up in the tax than like carry a 15th for 15th's sake. Dwight was a little surprising because over the years they've had opportunities to get him. And I'm not talking about the peak years, the peak years, everyone wanted Dwight Howard because he was the best defensive player in the league, but like kind of 2018, 19, when he was washing out of the league, uh, they had multiple chances and every time they've said no. So I was always a little surprised that they brought him in, but I guess my main take on this is it seems like they just want to use their flexibility to their advantage. I don't think they think Dwight's going to get signed by anyone else. Yeah. I think, I think they think they can get Dwight into camp on a non-guarantee. And if they don't, he'll probably still be floating around there on October 7th. So if you think you can get the guy and you're not a hundred percent sure if he's the best option and you kind of just want to have an open competition, why not do this? That's, that's kind of the way I see it. Yeah, I wonder too, like, is there is is this another opportunity for disagreement between the players in the front office, right? Because it sounded like, you know, that Jason Dumas report from earlier in the week where he mm-hmm. said the the players have signed off on on adding Dwight. Is this another thing where, you know, there and 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 how does that portend to uh Mike Dunleavy's status in in his first year as GM, right? Like, all right, is there ever gonna be a point? Where and and this probably speaks to a bigger question with the Warriors overall. Where like Steph, Draymond, Clay will be will be like, we have pelts on the wall. You guys should listen to us. Like, what have you accomplished, Mike Dunleavy? Right? Like, it, Bob Myers was coming from a different spot because Bob Myers had always been a respected agent and had always been someone that everyone thought really high, highly of, even before he got to the Warriors. I just wonder, like, if Mike Dunleavy, the player, is going to impact the way or how he was as a player is going to impact the credibility he has in the locker room when it comes to team building. And is there going to be a point where Steph and Draymond and Clay are like looking at him sideways being like, no, we should have done this. We needed this guy. Or is it, it, or does Dunleavy have that respect? 
Uh, yeah, I, mean, I actually hadn't thought about it from that angle. I hadn't really thought about it from that angle because, you know, if it was Bob Myers telling them no, I'm sure they they wouldn't be thrilled. But Bob had a certain level of trust given, all, you know, all the years and the titles they want together. Mike, they seem to like him. He seems to have done a really good job ingratiating himself uh, since he's been in the organization. Uh, but ultimately, you know, he's not Bob Myers. He doesn't have the the sweat equity, whatever, whatever, you know, cliched corporate term you want to use for it. Right. So um, I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting. I think it's pretty clear the core wants players they can count on. And for them, that's veterans. But, you know, keep in mind, they did choose to not sign Avery Bradley when the core wanted him and instead kept GP2. and you know, midway through the season, I, I don't think the core loved a player more than they love GP2. So I think it's mostly, I think Dunleavy will will be fine as long as that 14th roster spot doesn't go to a 19-year-old or something like that. Right. Right. Where, where are you at on, because it seems like there there's a significant portion of, of Warriors fans who are really worried about size and the fact that they don't have like a legitimate big outside of Kevon Looney. Um and Slater brings this up, like, you know, they're more focused on adding a wing. I'm, I'm just curious your thoughts on on just that idea. Because to me, when I when I look back at that Lakers series, it never felt like size was the biggest issue. It was, you know, Clay had a bad series, Poole had a bad series. The offense struggled overall, basically because Anthony Dave Anthony Davis was so great defensively. Yeah. But I don't think another big man would have solved the issues that they had in that series. So I'm just going to read what what Slater said, kind of piggybacking that Shams report. An extra wing has become a camp priority for the Warriors. This is the front court, Draymond Green, Looney, Sarich, Trace Jackson Davis, and Usman Garuba on a two-way. TJD is impressed since arriving, and the organization views Garuba as a youth depth piece with upside. All that's true. Honestly, I said it on the last couple of pods. I'm still a little surprised they were looking at a player like Dwight, not because of Dwight's baggage, but because he's just, I mean, he's, he's a five, he's a, a center center. Like he, he's not a power forward. He's not a wing. He's a center, right? In my opinion, in a perfect world, they find an, a big wing. Like what Otto Porter was, he plays the four position for them. They use him as a big man, even if he's kind of traditionally a wing. You know, Otto was six eight, six nine. Honestly, Otto's the same size as Looney, so it's kind of funny, right? right. Uh, but but that skill set. Um, prior to Otto, it was Kevin Durant. I, I don't think I need to explain his skill set to anyone. <laughs> and then, but then prior to that, it was Harrison Barnes, who same type of profile as uh, Otto Porter. You know, traditionally a wing, but in the modern NBA, a quasi big, definitely playing the four position. And that's what they were missing, in my opinion, against the Lakers more than anything, because Draymond and Looney are individually really valuable players, but against certain matchups, that's just too little offense. Mm -hmm. But they didn't have a third option to throw in there. Kuminga had been benched. Um, they didn't have Otto Porter back. And honestly, if they had him back, like he might have just been injured anyway, since he was with Toronto. Uh, mm -hmm. They just didn't have that, you know, that guy to throw in there to play next to Draymond or Looney, whichever big they want to go to. Uh, they did it even against the Kings. You know, they kind of decided we can't play the two of them together because it mucks up our offense too much. Uh, and they were able to get away with uh, like Moses Moody uh, going really small in that position. But that'd be who I'd want. I just don't see those options existing 
at this stage in the veteran market, which is why I keep going to Kuminga being the key to everything for the Warriors, right? Like he either takes that step and he's like something like what year three Harrison Barnes was on that first 2014-15 title team, uh, or he it doesn't and you probably are looking at trading him because he's a year away from you having to make an extension decision and uh, maybe maybe him being traded is the way you get that guy you want. But it does feel like as much as they want to add a big wing, I don't see who who's out there for them. Like it's not like they're the only team in the NBA who wants another six, eight, six, nine wing who can play. Those guys go fast. Those guys tend to go very fast in free agency. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder with Kuminga, like, is he going to be bought in defensively to the point where he's, he's just so good and utilizes Mm -hmm. his athleticism so well that it negates his offensive limitations, the lack of outside shooting, the lack of passing and playmaking, or is he going to take steps in that area to where he is more playable? And you don't like have to be like, hey, just just be a defensive guy first. If he can give you a little bit of everything, obviously that's super valuable, and that's what every team looks for in big athletic wings like that. But really, I feel like I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but like the the future, the the whole idea of being able to bridge the past with the future and win another ring sort of hinges on this guy. Because if he's not, if he's not what they need him to be then you're not going to be able to trade him really for for anything that would make a difference right like he's if he's not what you need him to be his sure. value isn't going to bring him for back order <laughs> <laughs> right exactly like that's you, you know that might be Contracts like a band-aid are... but yeah. it's not going to be it's not going to have nearly well, the same haven't line, they, haven't they already upside. haven't they already kind of given up on the two timeline thing um they traded yeah. Wiseman. Moses Moody is definitely going to be a contributor, but I don't think anyone's looking at him as a future superstar. But he just looks point, like a, at some point you just need athleticism though, too, right? Because like exactly. outside of outside of Wiggins, it's you know, I don't know who in the rotation is really like a plus athlete. No, you're, you're right. And that's, and Moody, and that's maybe. And that's why everything comes back to Kuminga. He has the physical profile of the exact player that this rotation's missing. And last year he had some moments where he really looked like it in stretches, but obviously we all know how the playoffs went, like could not go worse. He got benched in the middle of the King series and never got off the bench and reports came out afterwards, letting us know, um, you know, a decent chunk of that benching might not have just been talent related. It might've been personality related. So, I mean, it's, it's a big year for him, but I I don't know. I'm I'm looking at this and in terms of they want to keep flexibility to potentially add another wing. I don't see who's out there unless they think someone's getting bought out. Like Danilo Gallinari going to get bought out. Well, isn't that part of the, uh, isn't that part of the Chris Paul trade is that you can move Chris Paul if you need to the optionality. The optionality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing, but it's like, if you look at this warriors roster and we assume that, there's not going to be like a, a punch in camp, which just ruins the vibes. <laughs> they have most everything they need to compete except for that one additional front court wing type. And they're not the only team in the NBA missing a wing like that. Like sometimes you got to just deal with it, but that is kind of the key thing. For, like, I, I just think Kuminga is a more relevant story than Chris Paul. Like everyone's focused on is Chris Paul going to start? How's he going to handle coming off the bench? How's this going? He's 38. Of course, he's not going to be happy to come off the bench. He hasn't, he probably hasn't come off the bench since he was four years old. You know, like this isn't like, a, you know, there's, but he's a professional. I think he's going to eventually do it. I don't think he, 
I don't think he really has the standing to say anything either, right? Right. So, and and Steve Kerr, I mean, I'm sure this point's been made everywhere, but Steve Kerr could point to Andre Iguodala yeah. and say, look, he came off the bench and it, it worked out pretty well for him. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be one of those things where it's uh, it's a very sexy storyline to follow, but I'm not convinced it's going to actually be as interesting as people think. I just think, I think they're going to let him start a little in preseason, bring him off the bench and then make the determination that the rotation works better when he comes off the bench. He's not going to love it, but he'll accept it because quite frankly, he wants to play next year and throwing a tantrum before you go to free agency is not a great way to look either. You know, well, like if he really he has, wants to win a ring, like he's true. probably got, he probably has to be a model citizen on a team yeah. that has a bunch of championships recently. Yeah. This so, is, this all ties to like, you know, not everyone loves their role, but you just, sometimes you just do it. You know, sometimes yeah. you just accept the fact that not everything's going to go the way you want it to. Whereas um, the Kuminga story, it's just like, it's not even about him as much as like, I don't know is year three going to be the year he takes the leap or, or is he just not there developmentally? Right. Cause like you're pointing out the things he can and can't do. And to me, the biggest thing is mental processing speed. Sure. Uh, he's just, he's young. He plays young at times. He's late on rotations. He falls asleep off ball. None of this is abnormal for a 20, 20 year old or he's 21 now, or he will be before next season. Um, but you don't get to like say, well, I'm young, so don't make the extra pass so I don't have to rotate. You know, like it's just he right. either does it or he doesn't do it. Right. And so I, th- I think that one's more interesting. Uh, I guess just taking it back to the Dwight Howard and the free agency reporting, my takeaway is they're not convinced with anyone and they seem to think that they can use it to their advantage. Like there's more potential players out there than there are roster spots. So even if they end up with Dwight or let's say Rudy Gay resurfaces or something like that, they don't feel the pressure to like, if I don't sign him today, the the thunder signing him tomorrow, or like it feels like they're reading the market and they're like, yeah, we can kind of, it's, it's in our favor. We can play a little hardball here because they need us more than we need them right now. Yeah. Like I, I think the fact that they seem to be more interested in bringing back JaVale then signing Dwight sort of speaks to where this whole thing is at, right? Because JaVale, they they know everything there is to know about JaVale. He's been there, right? They know what those limitations are. They know he's a vertical threat, but they also know he could be taken advantage of on the defensive end. But like they wanted, they they were more interested in that guy, the guy who gave Dallas nothing last year. Because they know how he'll act if he's on the bench. They know he's not going to pout, you know? like Right, and we don't know that about Dwight. Sure. At this point. No, I mean, it's, there's, there's reason to be optimistic because when he went to the Lakers on a vet minimum, he actually rewrote kind of the narrative on himself. Like he can be a role player. It doesn't need to just be the Dwight show, you know? Yeah. But even on that team, he was a 15 to 20 minute, every game guy. He knew his role. He had a, I'm coming in at the beginning of the second quarter and I'm going to play six, seven minutes. I'm coming in the end of the third quarter playing to the fourth. Like he had a very defined role. What we're talking about here is you might play one game. You might not play for five in a row. You might play three games because Looney's got a little, you know, uh, sprained ankle. Then you might not play again. And, and that's just a different mindset. That's, that's yeah, like, like how uh, would how would Dwight Howard handle it when his minutes are going to Dario Sarge or Trace exactly. Jackson Davis? <laughs> like, and, I, and I I think it would be a scenario with Steve Kerr 
who's like would only use Dwight Howard if Kevon Looney was hurt. You know, yeah, like just pretty just much do the thing where it's like I'll start this guy, but he's not really in the rotation. No, but he's I'll our, start he's him a, even though he's going to get fewer minutes than guys who are on the bench. We only need one of that type of defend and rebound big in the rotation, and that guy's Looney, so he can play when we give Looney a night off, but we're not using him otherwise. Or like the random crazy foul trouble game. Those are the only (laughs) scenario. You know, like those will happen a handful of times just because shit happens. This week's Light Years podcast is brought to you by NBA 2K Mobile. Sam, we got a new sponsor. This is my favorite one. Look, I'm a big play games guy. And NBA 2K Mobile just came out with a game that you can play right on your phone, dude. This is as convenient as it gets. You remember those unforgettable to go NBA moments? Get ready to create your own epic plays with NBA 2K Mobile. It is the must-play mobile game for basketball lovers who want to conquer the court online. You can download the NBA 2K Mobile free and start customizing your My Player and Dream Team today. There's always something new to explore. Embrace the summer vibes with intense matches on the beach cruise court. Dive in attorney mode, events, and regular updates for nonstop action. You can also unlock and collect tons of player cards to enhance your team's performance. I just unlocked a Jason Tatum card. I don't know what that means about me. That that was the card that I unlocked, but that's my guy. Future warrior Jason Tatum. <laughs> that is my guy. You can step your game up on the court. You can showcase your skills, climb the leaderboard, become a basketball legend. You can play with the virtual joystick or relax with auto mode. Again, Best of all, it's free to play on mobile. So download the NBA 2K mobile free on the App Store, Google Play. Use my promo code TATUM2KMOBILE to redeem an exclusive Jason Tatum Pearl tier card. That's code T-A-T-U-M-2-K-M-O-B-I-L-E. NBA 2K mobile. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Game Time. Sam, I was in New York and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the above. The Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without distress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Light Years, L Y G H T Y E R S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code LIGHTYEARS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah. Um, you brought up Trace Jackson Davis, and I thought it was super uh, interesting that in Slater's uh, report, he said Trace Jackson Davis has impressed since arriving to the organization. And that was part of the reason he was drafted. He was an older four-year guy. He's 23 years old. He'll be 24 in the middle of the season pro ready you know like all you know all this stuff like that and also just like if you watched him at all in college you're like oh he plays Warriors basketball he's a natural passer he gets like his just the way he plays the game is what they want from bigs he does he knows how to do dribble handoffs set screens just all everything you see Looney uh Draymond do I mean 
now you know you're covering the kings these days all the same thing their big men do too like it's it's kind of the it's the underrated staple of the offense everyone thinks the offense is about steph and clay's insane shooting but kings i mean Darren fox is not that player but it's all the same principles through the big man so yeah and even mike brown will talk about the value of andrew bogut you know, right. to the Warriors. Like a- Andrew Bogut might be one of the more underrated Warriors of their sure. entire run, given uh, particularly what he did offensively. I mean, people understand yeah. that Bogut was a really important cog to what they did defensively, but offensively, they, as a screener and as a passer, yeah, that unlocked want, a lot of what they wanted to do on the perimeter. Steve, Steve Kerr will always say we want to play through the bigs, and people assume that means scoring. It's like, no, no, no I want them to be decision maker, and if they're a scoring threat that's cool, but on the Warriors, it was more like Bogut's a phenomenal passer, and we have the greatest assemblance of shooters of all time. So obviously, playing through the big is rerouting the ball back to the shooter. You know, yeah, yeah. On and the Kings, on the Kings, it's like reroute it to you know De'Aaron Fox driving more so than like maybe some of the shooting, but it's yeah. all based off of the big man. It's a De'Aaron Fox drive, or it's a pick and roll with Sabonis. Mm-hmm. who's really good at finding shooters out on the perimeter. Um, and I just, you know, when when you have guards who were in their 30s, like Steph and Clay, right. you just, they need more help to get open. And, you know, they're not just going to juke everybody on, the, on their own, right? Sure. They need screen setters. And so that's, I think that's sort of Steve Kerr's point too when he talks about playing, yeah. like having a big man. You need somebody who's who can create space just by setting screens. Exactly. Like, to your point, set screens, be a be a dribble handoff threat, do all those sort of things. Now, that takes us back to Trace Jackson Davis. The big Warriors question I had for this episode kind of ties perfectly to this. What role do you think Trace Jackson Davis and Brandon Pajemski, the rookies, will have this year on this Warriors team? Yeah, so I didn't go to Summer League, but I did I did do the California Classic games, um, and I watched Pajemski. I just, I struggle to save his name. I apologize, but um, I just took me a hundred tries. So yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. I just, he seems like he's really athletic. He seems like he competes. He seems like the type that if he buys in, he could be like what Dante DiVincenzo was in the sense that like, all right, he can play hard defensively. He can use his athleticism to rebound a little bit when the shot's not falling. And I'm curious, like, what the transition is going to be like, because can he adapt to playing that brand if the shot's not falling, if the offensive game isn't there? My whole thing with Pajemski, I'm going to kind of brush over it really quick, is um, I actually think he's got the IQ and the toughness to play for the Warriors. We'll see if he can catch up to the speed of the NBA game. But given how young he is, he's the youngest guy on the roster. And the glut at his position, like, he's not playing over Steph. He's not playing over Chris Paul. He's not going to play over Corey Joseph. He's not playing over Clay Thompson. Like, there's just he's going to spend a lot of the year in Santa Cruz. That's that's yeah. my take. Trace Jackson Davis is actually the one that's much more interesting. Slater again reports they like what they're seeing. Four year guy in theory is ready. And as we've discussed all episode, it's not like they have a super deep front court. Is is Trace Jackson Davis the Brock Purdy to? Uh, <laughs> To, to the Warriors center position in a way that, almost, that Trey Lance was the James Wiseman. Almost <laughs> the last pick of the draft, so it's very close. <laughs> wow. I don't hate that because Trace Jackson Davis is a little undersized. 
you know, is it, you watch him play, you're like, wow, that guy's a Warriors player. I wish he was 6'11", not 6'8", 6'9". Great wish, feel, played yeah. a ton of experience. A nice athlete. I wish he was a little more athletic like Wiseman. Sure. You know? Wow. I'm going to run with that analogy <laughs> if uh, if he actually pulls like a Brock Purdy and gets in there and you're like, oh, no, he gets it. He gets it yeah. quick. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely stealing that if that's a thing. Great. Go for it. It's all yours. Um, <laughs> also I, came from a university that started with an I. Am I stretching? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Midwestern. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wonder, like, you you look at the second unit. It doesn't seem like outside of Chris Paul, if he is indeed in the second unit. I mean, he's going to run the second unit, whether he's starting or not. Right. But sure. like whether they who, go through the charade of starting him or not. Yeah. Right. Right. Like where where's the shot creation coming from on the second unit? And to our point about what Steve Kerr values in centers, maybe that's a way they generate offense with the second unit is the screening and passing of, of TJD. I mean, he look, Looney's not a lob threat. Neither is Draymond green. Dario Saric is a very good passer and a very good shooter, but he doesn't really attack the rim. The there's spot for trace Jackson Davis to be that kind of pick and roll uh, I'll finish the passes from Chris Paul, but I can also make the second pass or run into a dribble handoff if it's not there uh, based off of what we saw of him in college. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up playing a serious regular season role for them. And let's be honest, that's what we're talking about, because when they get in the playoffs, it's going to be Draymond and Looney eating every minute at center. And then Dario Saric being the uh, the curveball, you know, the changeup player where it's like different skill set, but a valuable one that they didn't have this playoffs. You know, Jamichael yeah. Green didn't work, so they couldn't use him. Right. So having that like stretch big type to throw in there. I wouldn't be surprised if he my, I guess my take is I think TJD or T DJ. No, TJD. T, yes, yes, TJD. <laughs> Just Trace Jackson Davis will be in in the rotation at times this year and play a role for the team. I'm saying Brandon Pajemski won't. I think I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. I think I agree. I think Pajemski has an upside. I just think it's it's hard, like even talking, you know, covering the Kings and talking to, to guys transitioning to Mike Brown's system, so much of it is on feel. It's just it's right. all feel like they they have sets, obviously. Every NBA team has sets, but they so much of it is freelancing and just going to the right spot based on what the defense is doing and making the right reads and all these things that aren't necessarily X and X's and O's that you're trying up on a whiteboard to where it's just all feel. And it's so much different than the college game for the most part. And so that's that, that I think is, is where the transition comes for, for a lot of these young guys. It's like, yeah, you're athletic. Yeah. You can shoot pass and dribble, but like, can you operate in a system where so much of it is like reacting to body language and can you, can you make the right pass when you know a guy's going to cut or when, when he isn't. And that's what, like, that's, that's the difficulty of playing for the Warriors. It's such a free flowing, beautiful style to watch, but it's got to be really, really hard to play if you're not used to it. Particularly if you're a young guy who's coming in, trying to adapt to something that's been there for as long as it has. For sure. And you know, it's just what it is. If you want to compete for a championship, like it's it's hard. It's not necessarily meant for rookies. If they're counting on either of these rookies, odds are that they're probably a middle of the pack team again. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's where we're at. Chris, appreciate you coming on. If you are in the North Bay tomorrow night, stop by the Cooperage. It'll be a fun event. Yeah, absolutely.
drink some beer, talk some football. We can talk Warriors too. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.